Welcome to the Stuff and Things Podcast. Your home for all stuff related to your favorite things in entertainment. Now, here are your hosts. Kids, get the popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the Space Viking. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Stuff and Things podcast. As Korg rightly said, it's a story of the Space Viking. It's for love and thunder. It's our time to talk about it. I am Sam. Joining me to discuss the movie, it's Stefan. It is I. I am here. Hello. Welcome, my friend. You well? I am good. I'm assuming we've given people enough time to watch this film. However, we will start with the obvious, you know, spoiler alert. We're about to talk about the movie. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Yeah, we we are. Um yeah, I mean it's been a good it's been a good few weeks. Um the the film is out there. Uh I believe it's even had a confirmation of a Disney Plus release in September now, so Which seems uh, really quick. Like Disney Plus are not waiting around for this, are they? Well, it would appear, and I, I could be wrong, um, it would appear that there are several projects that have not done well at cinema. Um, and one of those projects, for example, is the Pixar um, Lightyear, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually coming to Disney Plus the 3rd of August. Yeah, tomorrow. Well, so tomorrow, that's rapid. This, yeah. yeah, rapid. Yeah, and man, that we only saw really, that really... at the cinema last week. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. and the fact that you went, I mean, it's there are, um, yeah, it is, it's just not performed well. And I thought Love yeah. and Thunder has done okay, but it's still not hit the heights that other Marvel films would like it to hit, uh, which is something we'll come on to and discuss. Well, actually, no, let's kick off with it as we've segued to it straight away. Um, there's a lot of criticism for this film, which I wasn't overly expecting. Um, for Ragnarok. Like- yeah, universally that was loved. one of the best films of the Marvel MCU, I think, Ragnarok. It was fantastic. Well, um, it was just a fun film. Start to finish, had a clear story, had a real heart to it, and it made you kind of laugh and smile the whole way through. Mm-hmm. You know, Thor Love and Thunder, for me, feels like they took Ragnarok, dialed it to 11. Now, for some people... It was just the natural great next movie in this similar styling. For a lot of people, though, they felt it was uh, almost mocking. It, it became almost a parody of Marvel. And um, I, I kind of thought about it a lot because when I see criticism for stuff online sometimes, it's very easy just to go, nah, <laughs> you're, you're just being... You know, you're just being critical for being critical's sake. Um, But I do think, with this, I do think it is something worth talking about. Because, like, some of the criticism... I mean, don't get me wrong, some of the criticism is just ridiculous. You know, there's too many jokes. Oh, damn, how dare they entertain you? (laughs) Yeah, oh, I didn't want to go to the cinema and laugh. How dare you? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's hardly like you rocked up to an 18 horror film... And it turned into Thor Love and Thunder. You you went there having watched Ragnarok, knowing what was coming. You've seen the trailers. I don't yeah. get the idea that you didn't go into the film wanting to be entertained in that sense. 
However, the the criticism that I saw that I want to pick up on because I want to put it to you and see what you think mm-hmm. is the one where it said it was so much like a comedy that it did feel like it was actually taking the piss out of Marvel. I actually felt like it was parodying, it was actually kind of mocking. And one of the scenes in the film, which I think is the one that I would pick out to go, oh, actually, yeah, I get it, is in New Asgard, there's a scene where you literally see a, I don't know what it is, like an ice cream parlor or something, and it's a mock-up with with Thanos, the Infinity Gauntlet, and you basically have that there. Now, in every other post-blip content we've seen, one of the things me and you have commented on a lot is, wow, that messed the world up. Yes. People were displaced. People died. Like, a lot of people died. Like, a lot of people are focusing on the kind of, all those people vanished, all these people came back. A lot of people died in those instances. Like, if, if, for example, these tiny little details that have been given to us, like pilots of airplanes vanished. What do you think happened to the passengers that were left on that plane? They never came back. They were killed because of the blip. Mm-hmm. So we are we are discussing millions worldwide died in this event, millions, billions displaced, and then returned. It yeah. literally wrecked the planet for five years, and we're still dealing with it. And yet, in New yeah. Asgard, it's a joke. Yeah, I, that to me felt like you are actually poking fun. It, it, it took me out. It, it kind of like. You're in the MCU, and you're so you're looking at the characters, and everything's through that lens of being within the MCU, and that felt like it was pointing at the MCU and laughing. Um, yeah, I think uh, at the very best you can put it down to bad taste, uh, at the yeah. very best sort of thing. But yeah, I do, I understand where that criticism, especially for that scene, came from. Yeah, I, I you do you have to understand it's kind of like well wait that's like yeah there, there's some big events that have happened in our lifetime and before our lifetime uh, which no, I won't, yeah, we won't let, touch let, on to that bit but no I mean to make fun of it, those sort of things in the same way we're yeah. doing serious bad tastes yeah so. if you, if you were to open a cafe with a mocking thing of Hitler yeah people would go hold the f- on yeah. And if you're looking at this is human history, so these are events that have happened. Hitler responsible for millions of deaths, Thanos responsible for millions of deaths and worse. Yeah. And yet it's funny to to do that. And that's that's kind of where because that's the prime example, but there are several things throughout the film is kind of like okay, here's where the joke is and here's where it's funny and here's where it kind of goes into this grey area of where it feels like you're actually laughing at us for enjoying this. Um, the Dumpling God, I feel, was another one that I've seen get a lot of criticism. See, with that one, it's interesting because with that, as a throwaway, you could just shake your head at that. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh my God, what well, Taika, you're crazy. You know, yeah. like that. But they really kind of put this emphasis on the fact that they went to this... There's gods for like all these people. There's gods for all of this stuff. And you went there and you're kind of like expecting... I don't know what your expectations are, but you do have this kind of um, idea in your mind. Because there's another... There's a god there who's a Polynesian, 
God. Mm-hmm. And that meant so much to Maori people. And, I, and I've seen videos and videos of Polynesians, Maori people from New Zealand, just so over the moon that they got to watch a Marvel cinematic film and felt that representation of seeing that that there. Yep. Like, so for me, it's kind of like, that's amazing. That That's, that's so what what cinema can do for people to feel that incredible about that. But then I don't know how I would feel if that moment for me was followed by, and here's a God of dumplings. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> so my, you know, my beliefs are the equivalent of the God of dumplings. Now, I yeah. hope that's just me thinking that and a lot of people didn't, but I, I'm, well, from what I've read online, a lot of people did feel that way. So it's just kind of that was it. It's like where where's that that grey area where you've jumped into what's funny and then what's actually mocking, and it just feel like this film went the wrong side of that line a few times for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Overall, though, yeah, I understand. Like I said, I said before, I understand where certain bits of criticism are coming from. Yeah. Um, Overall, though, I enjoyed it. I loved the film. Yeah, I mean, I saw it at the cinema with my partner. We saw it on, you know, we're quite sad. So therefore, as there are no longer midnight releases, we have to go first thing yeah. in the morning. It's, Obviously. Uh, drop the kids to school and go straight to the cinema because, you know, cool yeah. kids. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was quite fun. But then at the same time, like, so we did the same thing with Spider-Man. Um, we did the same thing with Eternals. And I've got to be honest with you, this this was a huge screen. Not many yeah. people, which no. surprised me. And well, I wonder, it, has yeah. cinema really been a massive like casualty of the pandemic? Because I just don't... I like, think it has, definitely. Even when we took the kids to the cinema and stuff, we went middle of the day in the school holidays. Yeah. And you'd expect a cinema to be packed. It's just not the one. I don't yeah. know if it's just the area I live in. It's just not as busy as it used to be. No, everyone everyone I know is saying the same thing. I, I think globally, you only got to look at the kind of figures that are being put out for cinemas, mm. cinematic releases. The, the issue is, and, and I think it's a, a fair issue, is unfortunately, you know, COVID hasn't gone away. No. And, you know, you're still seeing spikes and surges around schools and communities and stuff. And, if you're a family and you're looking at that and you're thinking, right, I've got a holiday in a week. <laughs> Do I go to the cinema, risk it? <laughs> yeah. When, you know, we got this holiday coming up and everyone's kind of in that mindset, I think, which is kind of like, you know, I'm going to do this. And the last thing I need is a bloody positive COVID test. Cause even if it's not, even if the illness is greatly diminished in terms of the, the impact on people with the variants now, mm-hmm. It's still a case of, I can't fly with a positive COVID test, or I can't go yeah. and do this. If I'm going, uh, even work events, like, so for me, for example, I've got a work event in Manchester. I have to have a clear COVID test to go to the event. Yeah. So that's, you know, uh, that's an important meeting. I need to be there. So I'm not going to go to the cinema. I'm not going to do anything in the week leading up to that, because that'd be a nightmare, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I think that is playing a big factor in it because it is a leisure activity. So when you're, and you also got to bring in the fact, you know, as much as I hate to say this on a podcast, which is supposed to be lighthearted, the cost of living crisis, cinemas aren't cheap. No. You know, I take, I take my daughter to the cinema and I'm spending 30 quid for me and her to go 
drinks, oh, yeah. popcorn, easy. tickets, easy. easy. And that's just two of us. Yeah. You 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 guys, you know, misses and the two kids. I mean, you you're you're bumping up to 50 quid easily, you know. Yeah. So we're we're geeks so you're we not going to do that. Cards, but no, we're, we're you, you geeks. know what I mean we though, if you were just going, yeah. Do that, but even to take the two kids to the cinema the other day to see like yeah. That was yeah. 17 pounds just for two kids tickets. Yeah. Um and then yeah, you get there and it's at least another 5 pound per child for drink and whatever yeah. else. So yeah, it bumps up quick. Oh, massively, and so if you're thinking to yourself, right, I don't have a lot of money at the moment, uh, we got this trip or whatever is planned, I don't want to run the risk, do I want to spend 50 quid and run a risk of catching COVID? No, you're not, it's just not going to happen, no. people are making that calculation, and with every streaming service under the sun bringing out their own content on a regular basis, you do weigh it up, you know, yeah. you do look at that and go, well, I'd love to go and watch Thor Love and Thunder in the cinema, but... Do you know what? I'm going to stay at home, watch Ms. Marvel on Disney Plus, and I'll wait for this to come out. And that's the other thing you I know. say about where it's now so quick to go cinema to streaming service. Yeah. I wonder how many people are looking. So Thor Love and Thunder came out, and they're going, do you know what? In less than two months, that's going to be on the telly at home. Yeah. You know, I, well, I wonder it if is that's... possible. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to impact it. Well, it's like a kind of, um, uh, what's it called, you know, where basically it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. They're putting it to Disney Plus quicker because they're not getting the numbers in the cinema, but by doing that, they're possibly not getting the numbers in the cinema. I I think it will gradually even out. I think it's a case of there's probably still a lot of people who are gun-shy about being in crowded spaces full stop, and that's going to take a couple of years, uh, you know, this... You look back through history and pandemics, these things don't just go away in a year, two years, three years. You're looking at an impact over five to six years. Yeah. So we're still going to get that. And I think cinemas also need to adapt a little bit to be, you know, if you think about going to the theatre, the theatre costs a damn sight more than going to the cinema. Yes. (laughs) But you go for the experience. You go for that entertainment you're paying for that you are paying for that experience and i think cinemas need to start thinking of themselves like that you know if you're going to charge a family of four best part of 50 quid you need to make it an event yeah. for them yeah um not like sticky floor <laughs> kind of <laughs> what is this yeah. crap uh, i sat on this seat clearly someone just poured a bucket of coke over it before i sat down wonderful i've now you know you, you need to make sure that you are hitting a level with your presentation, your staff, yes. and you're making it an experience for people. Um, there's a cinema in Bristol, and it, it launched only five years ago, and it purely shows old films. And when I say old films, I'm about to really date myself. I mean, like, stuff from the 80s, yeah. stuff from the 90s, and it purely does that. So it's like, for one week, it's a single-screen cinema in Bristol, and it's like, okay, this week we're showing Top Gun, the original cut, uh, you cool. know, come on down. And if you go down there in that week, all the staff that are there are dressed like characters. They do like Amazing. they often yeah. they'll often get like people who worked on the production and stuff like that there to do like sign ins and do Q and A's after the like showing like okay like the Thursday night showing. Yeah. We've got the director of cinematography going to be here if you want to ask questions. So you get a kind of you know the whole week's an experience of going yeah. to Top Gun, and you know all sorts of stuff. So. That, for me, is, I think, what they need to think about. You know, try and make it more of a, okay, you know, we need to 
get people coming here. We need them to think of this as an event, like going to the theatre. Because people still do that. The theatre at the West End is packed. Yeah. So people are doing that, spending more money, so why aren't they doing the cinema? Yeah. Probably because most people can download stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, whoops. Yeah, move, moving on, moving, moving on. on from that. Let, let's talk about Thor, Love and Thunder then. So I did a bit of a breakdown um, where I want to talk about the, the characters. Okay. So I've got the first one up I want to talk about is Jane slash Mighty Thor. Yes. My first my first bullet point is um, because one of the things I kept seeing about before going into the film was uh, in the comic she's dying from cancer. Yeah. And I saw a theory which I thought, oh wow, that's clever. That it was actually in the MCU. It was going to be because of the ether, you know, the ether yeah. and everything that had gone through her body and stuff. They never really touched on it. I, th- I think her mum died from cancer. I think they kind of revealed that, and she's basically unfortunately go in the same way yes um we do see cameos from eric selvig and darcy which made i kind of loved made me happy yeah that did that made me happy even in flashbacks about her dying from cancer seeing those two pop up was kind of quite nice hmm. um she feels the call of munier oh god i can't say yes. that today the hammer yeah <laughs> I can normally always say that, Monier. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone today. I'm tired, people. It's one of those ones where I think every single person pronounces it slightly different. Yeah, so she feels the call of the hammer yes. and goes to New Asgard where all the broken pieces are there in like a kind of display. Um, and when she gets there, they kind of reform to become the hammer and give her the power of four. Now... There is another flashback that we see during the film, which a lot of people missed. Like, I've seen, like, discussions of this online, and, like, people just didn't pick, like, why would the hammer choose her? I'm like, the hammer chose her because Thor told it to. Yeah, Thor literally told it to protect her no matter what. He tells it what to do. Yeah, literally, yeah. Yeah. Loads of people missed it, man. Like, like, loads of people missed it. Is, is, but just in case you're one of them listening, so there is a whole scene of flashback where they're, they are together and Thor's very happy, very in love, and he basically tells the hammer, always protect her, make sure she's safe, you know, and, and you see the hammer kind of light up, and it yeah. it was like a throwback to an Odin spoke to the hammer and said, whoever possesses thee shall have the power of Thor. Yep. And then threw it down to earth. And, you know, after stripping Thor of all his powers, he had to prove he was worthy again, and then he was able to wield wield the hammer. Uh, and then, But, yeah, yeah it, he, he literally tells it, and that's why. So when she feels that call to go there, it's, it's because of that, and the hammer does reform to protect her, does to, to help her. Which I thought was cool. I thought it was great. Um... What did you think about her as the Mighty Four then? So what did you think about... Because, I mean, one, costume-wise, her actions, the way she does stuff. I saw a really, really mixed response to this. And I'll just tell you very quickly, I thought she was great. (laughs) Yeah, I did. No, I thought it was brilliant. I think the the scene Mm. where she first appears kind of in New Asgard when the Shadow Monsters are there... And she's whipping yeah. them all, and you know she's she looks like Thor, you know she's doing yeah. the hammer swing, yeah. and I thought yeah. it was brilliant. I yeah, thought it was really I, I, good. 
The, the thing that people didn't like it was her kind of trying to trying to throw catchphrases in and not being able to. I thought that was hilarious because yeah, that me for too. me, like we know how we talk about you know real people, unreal situations, that sort of yeah. thing. For yeah. me, if I suddenly develop the power of one of these superheroes, yeah, yeah, you'd yeah. want your own catchphrase. I mean, we've yeah, been doing yeah, this podcast she, she, for she, years, and I'm still using Alfie's "That's a Rap" catchphrase because I can't think of one. You know, everyone she, wants her own catchphrase. She acted. She acted in a way that I felt was very natural, very normal. Yeah, very, uh, very kind of because like she's been around Thor for a long time. Um, what did you, by the way, just uh, throwing this in? What did you think of the scene where? She says, "Oh, how long has it been? Like a few years?" And he literally nails it almost to the day since he last saw her. Yeah, that that was proper. Like you know, oh, bless him. <laughs> it was yeah, that was something. I was I was kind of I couldn't quite make my mind up whether you're going to take that as oh my wow that's so loving or whoa stalker alert. Yeah, whoa, you need to get over it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, dude, you're smothering me. I need my space. <laughs> Uh, also, a lot of people pointed out that the discrepancy between the time that they both fought was down to the blip. It makes sense. It does make sense. It's been a couple um, of years for her. It's been seven years yeah. for him. Yeah, that makes. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of well. James when you Foster think about blipped. when you think about the state he was in during that, you can imagine a major factor would have been if he'd realised that she'd gone. Yeah. You know, you think about this. So here's here's another thing for you as well, and I'm just going to bring this up now because I think it's a good segue to Thor's mental health. Mm-hmm. I I felt that the you know the fat Thor jokes and stuff like that was kind of a um, byproduct of the severe mental health issue that they tried to display via that character. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was actually, in a way, quite well done to open a conversation for men, especially, that you go through trauma, it impacts people differently. It impacted him where he wanted to cut himself off, let himself go, drank, ate, and that was his way of dealing with that untold trauma he was going through. Yeah. And I was and I was thinking about his kind of uh, arc in this, where he's obviously trained, you know, I think from dad bod to god bod. You yes. know, he's kind of got himself back to that and stuff like that. And a lot of people are pointing out, oh, you know, there's so much comedy, he's constantly making jokes. I, I'm someone, <laughs> not overly personal here, but I'm someone that copes with my trauma by making jokes, by the way. Yeah. Like that is me. Like I, I struggle. Like I, I even make jokes at funerals because I, I, I can't, I can't let myself not be that. I, I just no. I that's just how I cope. Mm-hmm. So when I watch this, and I'm acutely aware of the fact that this guy just keeps losing everybody he loves. Yeah. Just constantly. It is just a constant. He's the Forrest Gump of the MCU. This guy loves you. Run a freaking mile because you're next. Yeah. Um. But you just see it constantly. And when I'm seeing him make these jokes and he's best friend with Core, you know, and they're kind of ribbing each other and stuff and the Guardians are all rolling their eyes at him and stuff because of how, how he's joking around. 
Yeah. I think it... I, I, I'm, I'm possibly over-reading it, but I just think it's a coping mechanism. I think a lot of people have misinterpreted his goofy humour in these films as it's not Thor, the character, being dumbed down. It's the character trying to cope. Yeah, he has had so much happen to him. He's yeah. lost... Literally everyone he's loved has gone... Yeah. And how how do you carry on and how do you keep going? Well, he has to carry on going because he's Thor and he's a god and he needs to protect people. So yeah. Yeah. how do you wake up in the morning when you make fun of it? Yeah. You know, and And that's and that's kind yeah. of where he's at. You know, you literally see him making jokes, trying to do things. And there's another scene in this film where Zeus flicks his clothes away. And it's played it's played for comedy and it's definitely played for comedy. You know, you flick too hard, damn it. And you know, you get to see Chris Hemsworth in all of his glory. Mm-hmm. Uh not all of his glory, ladies, I'm sorry. If you've not seen the film yet, you do not quite see that much glory. <laughs> um but there's like he's covered in tattoos now. Yeah, I need to know he's tattooist. Which obviously, you know, that's again it's a very Norse thing, part of the Norse religion. But part of the like tattoos and stuff, people have zoomed in and freeze framed. He's like literally the names of people he's lost, like yeah, Loki, Honda, all. Yeah, and obviously the big tattoo itself is the whole the brothers with his Loki's helmet yeah. and stuff. And the, yeah. yeah, and it's like everyone's like, oh, everyone's making fun of the jar. Oh, you flick too hard, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, wait a minute. You know, yeah. it, it, don't just take Here's... this all at face value. Look a bit further, yeah. and you realise yeah, that, yeah. Just how just how damaged he actually is. Yeah. Just how scratch the surface, and you are literally going to see just how. You know, you you take that comedy away for a minute. You take that the you know the was it like the expression tears of a clown. Yeah. You just scratch the surface, just that tiny bit, like flicking his clothes away, and you realize, oh man, this guy's hurting. Yeah. He's not. You know, he's not good, and I think. You know, I think what they've done with these films, you know, like I said, you know, the comedy and everything's dialed up. Now, if you were to make another one, and this is just me and my opinion, I think in the next one, you you know, because you've almost then got the ability to kind of go, okay, in this one, you're going to see this character try and actually deal with this. Not not keep hiding behind the humour, not keep doing this. Yeah. He is actually going to process this and when you think about the context of the story that it could be you you know you you could see that and I, i'd like i'd like to see it I don't, I don't know if taika can do it um in this in this universe i don't know but i did see him direct a film called jojo rabbit mm-hmm. which is as funny as it is heartbreaking and you know you so you never know you never know but um just to round off what i want to talk about jane with mighty thor um Lots of scenes that are funny with her. I, I loved some of the scenes with her and King Valkyrie. Um, yeah. Oh, I thought were great. I thought the two of them had a real natural chemistry. It was very back and forth funny, which yeah. was kind of great. Also, by the way, in this film, King Valkyrie, I think, stepped into this role of being the most laid-back person in history. <laughs> like, I'm in charge, but I'm pretty chill. Like, oh, monsters, fight the monsters, everyone all right? Yeah, all right, cool, cool. You go do this, you go do that, I'm cool, I'm chilling. Yeah. Daryl, go do stuff, yay! Daryl, <laughs> we're coming on to the Daryl cameo. Uh, just to finish Jane then, um, her story does end in this film, 
maybe, um, where she does die at the end following a battle with yes. Gore, uh, but cancer does take her. But well, it, there is an end. It's a mixture between the cancer taking her and yeah. Milner itself kind of draining her energy yeah. by being Mighty Thor. So that was kind of like a real interesting kind of, the hammer is protecting her, yet at the same yeah. time, defeating her. And at the end where well, she kind she, of has she to make made... the choice. Mm. The, the, the choice she makes, again, is kind of like, um, do you remember in uh, Ragnarok? Because that's what heroes do. Yep. It was kind of like that. It just felt like she did that, and it's what heroes do. She made the sacrifice play to tip the balance. And the thing I find interesting was she did show up to tip the balance, but actually Gore was still winning. Yeah. Gore, in the end, was the one who made the decision not to win, if you like. Yeah, he technically, made the decision. Gore actually did win. Yeah, yeah. it was his yeah, choice. He did, he did win that fight. Um, another interesting thing in the film about Gore, um, and I'll come on to it in a little bit more detail, is a lot of people mentioned it, that he was corrupted by the sword. Mm-hmm. And, of course, shortly before he makes that decision, the sword was broken. Yes, so, you know, that that could play a major part. But, yeah, just to finish Jane's story then, there is an end credit scene. There is. Jane goes to Valhalla. She makes it. She is accepted as a hero. So, dies on the battlefield. Yeah, just... The thing that's interesting about Valhalla being depicted in this is we have now had several afterlifes shown to us uh, via the series Moon Knight. Yeah. Uh obviously via a Black Panther and now we're you know, we're seeing Valhalla. So one one of the things is kind of everybody knows about comic books is no one's ever really dead <laughs> in a comic book. Yeah. And do you feel like with the afterlife kind of aspect of this that they're kind of cracking that door open? Just like what you because obviously you got the multiverse as well. Which, and please everyone keep in mind, you could go cross-eyed with this so easily, so I'll try and keep this as simple as possible. <laughs> but if you've lost a character in in this, in the MCU, Jane Foster, the perfect example. Jane Foster is now in Valhalla. Yeah. Now, is Valhalla for the multiverse? Does Valhalla sit just above earth 616 is there a valhalla for earth one earth two earth three where's jane foster you, from earth one earth two you, earth three yeah did you see do you see where i'm going with this like yeah. when you get to valhalla are you surrounded by like five thousand of yourself like hey i'm mighty four from earth 212 or does this actually only sit <laughs> and therefore is there a valhalla for every Mate. And if that's the case, then wow, yeah. oh wow! You can just imagine Jane Foster from Earth three one nine is sitting in the corner going, yeah. "Can't believe you guys have got to be Thor, and I just waited tables." Christ. Yeah. <laughs> However, I still got on the Valhalla. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's kind I'm of so um, confused. Why am I here? <laughs> yeah, because of you lot. You lot did something amazing. Now we all get to come here. What the hell is that about? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's, it's enough that could easily just make a perfectly sane person go insane trying to work it all out. So I'm not going to, (laughs) 
King Valkyrie, we mentioned. Let's move on. Um, I've written down my first bullet point is she's a good ruler, but bored. Would you say that's fair? So bored. She wants battle. She's like, please give me a fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just kind of, when I said about like just being so relaxed. Um, she looks like she's yeah. half asleep in like every meeting, just like, yeah, whatever. Well, it's, it's like they're doing meetings with the rest of the world. They've also got tourists. Um, and this is where I get to see a cameo where I didn't quite realise who it was at first. And then I heard his name and I was like, oh, wow. Um, so anyone who watched before Thor Ragnarok, there were a series of kind of vignettes that were made, which was Thor basically feeling put out because no one from Captain America or Iron Man called him to be part of Civil War. Yeah. Um, so he talks about how he's just, uh, taken a break and he's moved in with a guy called Daryl. Yes. And as this normal guy is like, Hey, um, and they were just funny little throwaway things that Taika did as kind of like a test for going into Thor Ragnarok to see how they would be received. Well, here we are. We're in Thor Love and Thunder and Daryl is working as a tour guide in New, in Asgard, New... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing about it. New Asgard. And he has a little cameo. Uh, I mean, that's so stupid, but funny. It was great, yeah. Yes. Uh, we also get the uh, the players again. Uh, Matt, da- Matt Damon returns with Chris um, Hemsworth's to... brother. <laughs> yeah, that Liam cracks me up. The fact Liam Hemsworth plays that uh, cracks yeah. me up every time. Yeah. It's great. I mean, hey brother, you know yeah, I got that part funny. you wanted. Well, why don't you play me in a play? Yeah, within the film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, they. I mean, brilliant and, uh, and funny. Melissa McCarthy is it? Melissa McCarthy comes out and plays. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, good. She's uh, it is funny, and I just see this is the thing. Like a lot of people, are like, oh, why was that in there? There's no need for it because it's funny. Yeah, it's it was in. It's funny, isn't it? Because in Ragnarok, everyone thought that scene was funny and loved it. Oh my god, they got Matt Damon to do this really stupid cameo. Ha ha ha! He does it again, yeah. and everyone's like, oh no, no, this is crap. This isn't good. Like, no, it is good. It is funny because they're playing these stupid, silly characters. But it's Matt Damon doing it. <laughs> it's like, Matt Damon. It's funny. Yeah. yeah, Matt Damon. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know the in-joke with the Matt Damon playing Loki thing, uh, Matt Damon famously played Loki in a film called Dogma many, many years ago. Yeah. And it is very, very funny. If you've never seen it, find it. It's, yeah, very funny very brutal uh, but very funny um so king valkyrie happy to go fight again did you think we were going to lose valkyrie in this film at any point valkyrie i, I didn't worry for valkyrie um uh, no. i actually worried for korg more <laughs> yeah yeah there, um, there's definitely a scene where I thought that was. I it. freaked out at that one, but no, for some yeah. reason, for some reason, I don't even know why, but for some reason, I always kind of felt Valkyrie was kind of safe because she's sleeping with Tycho. Or no, no, sorry. Um, no, I, uh, I genuinely had a feeling there, there was a scene where she's injured by Gore, and I thought that was it. I yeah. thought that was. Uh, so that was kind of like, oh no. You know, that's, but no, she's, she does survive. It was one of those ones where, you know how normally when you watch a film or something, the more screen yeah. time and background story a character gets, 
yeah, the yeah, more yeah. nervous you get for the character. Yeah, so so Korg basically narrating the whole thing. You're you're in a panic. <laughs> yeah, but then um, Valkyrie obviously got a bit more of a thing and how she wanted to go to battle. So yeah, it yeah in that final scene there was a moment of oh god, but overall I thought she was okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I was I was definitely worried. She came out moment, with some but... absolutely great lines though. Yeah. Sad about how her and Thor both go for redheads and things like that. There were just little subtle lines throughout the proper ch- made me chuckle. Obviously, the other main character we want to talk about is Gore. Um, the, potentially the best villain I have actually had in an MCU film. I, I um, firstly, Christian Bale's phenomenal. Um, yes. the guy is just when he goes in for a role, you know he just commits. So like, okay, he like, is a hundred and ten percent. Like he's yeah. no mucking around. He he wants the role. He has the role. He is the role. Yeah, and and he he, and I think when you cast someone at that level of acting ability, you elevate everything. Uh, and I think you elevate the fact because every scene he's in could be very naff. You know, visually, it's very comic booky, so it could quite quickly be kind of like, "Oh, who's this weird alien? Oh, he's he's surrounded by gods. Oh, what's going on?" Mm-hmm. But he has the ability to make it feel very real, very visceral, very um, very kind of emotive, yeah. and the kind of the beginning. Uh, I think it's. I mean, the backstory, I think, is phenomenal. I, it's funny because going into the film, a lot of people have done these videos. Like, hey, if you don't know who Gore is, this is the comics. And yep. I, kind of, I kept thinking to myself, how are they going to put that in? You know, because that's such a dark, <laughs> you know, dark, dark backstory. But they did. Yeah. Um, you know, he is a father, husband, uh, a leader among his people dedicates his life to the gods who basically abandon him the gods Um, just do not care yeah and then he's finally face to face with one who basically mocks him absolutely mocks him it is the sun god so he is the god that has killed all of his yeah all of his tribe so to speak yeah and and right there is I i can't is it the necro sword yes yeah, good. I, I was because I, I I didn't write it down, and I was kind of like, oh, I'll remember that. That's <laughs> an easy recording. one to remember. Yeah, maybe. and then we're recording. And I'm like, oh no. Um, but the necro sword kind of caused in. The necro sword has its own backstory, which I I don't know enough about. Uh, do you know much about the necro sword in in Marvel comics? I can't say I do. No, well, we won't we won't touch that then. So. It has its own kind of backstory, but it kind of calls to him and like comes to his hand. And the Necro Sword can kill gods. Um, I believe someone once said that it was the sword that cut off the head that then became nowhere celestial. Mm-hmm. Um, so this sword obviously is is big. It's badass, small, yeah, and it, and it is badass. Uh, but yeah, the Necro Sword he uses it to kill these gods, and then he makes an oath death to all gods and he goes on his he goes on his quest to kill the gods across everywhere um yeah. and we're talking about all gods like there's there's no kind of you know worrying about who or what he yeah, goes all in yeah there, there is no kind of are they good are they bad he makes no judgments he's just oh so you claim to be a god dead <laughs> um 
What do you think about the idea then that he's corrupted by the sword? Do you feel that he, I mean, obviously he is anger. He's lost his family. He's yep. literally lost his daughter. That anger in him to seek some sort of uh, balance. Do you feel that the sword pushed him that far? Or do you think that he was already there and the sword just kind of enabled him? Um, yeah, I feel like toward, at the end of the movie as well, when we see what happens at the end of the movie, I feel like the, the sword itself had a very big hold over him. Yeah. Um, did it make him just able to do the things that he wanted to do, but wouldn't have been able to without the sword? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wonder, in that situation where you're put in the, where he is, you, you would want all the gods to be gone because... They've clearly betrayed you. They've let you die. You've let all your family die. The gods don't care about you. So in that sense, yeah, you'd want it to be the end of all gods. However, I wonder if it was a case of the sword kind of enabled that to go, God, I wish that happened too. I'm going to make that happen. Yeah. You know? But as, as a character himself, especially watching like that, the kind of the opening credits sort of bit where you see what happened to him. Yeah. It's... It's a bad guy who you kind of feel empathy for. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, and that's what uh, story. That's when storytelling's at its best, is when you you look at it and you go, "I can completely understand why this person is doing what they're doing." Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I, I can completely understand. And that's when you know because when you get the interactions between Gore and Thor, and they're talking to each other, and you can almost see a, a kind of. Um, recognition with gore that okay you are different you are not what i've run into you are someone who seems to genuinely but you are still a god so i'm going to kill you it's that kind of and i think perhaps that's where the sword influence is i think perhaps gore uh without the necro sword really kind of corrupting him that little bit i think perhaps his quest could have been more about um putting down who he deemed to be the bad gods. I mean, still, he'd become judge, jury, and executioner, which obviously isn't a good thing, but I just think if he'd come across Thor knowing and got to speak to him like he did, I think without the sword poisoning his mind, I think perhaps he'd have stepped away from that and gone, oh, okay, maybe not every god should die. Not all gods, just some. You you saw, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you'd have taken out a god of dumplings for sure. Yeah, Um, yeah, cooked that one. Yeah, yeah, easily. Uh, but when we talk about the sword and the corruption, I think the scene we talked on a little bit earlier on, where he is basically on this quest to find... You're going to have to help me out, because I cannot for the life of me remember. Um, kill me. Oh, the... Not entity. No, it's gone. Give me one second. Is going to kill me. Oh, this is frustrating. This is, isn't it? Ah, uh, it is. It's like the the end or something. Etern- I, I eternal. No. Eternal's empty. Give me a second. I will find this. Okay, you do that. Um, oh, that is gonna really bug me. That's now. gonna drive me insane. And people are screaming at it in the podcast. And yeah. I am really sorry. My brain is just not working today. Uh, but his quest is to get there because when you get there, you get granted your wish and it will grant you this and you will be able to, he will basically be able to go there and go death to all gods and boom, they're all gone. Yeah. Think Thanos in the snap, you know, which 
which does raise a question: Why didn't Thanos just go find this guy easier and find all the power stones? Well, yeah. Could you imagine if he had come across that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I will find this damn name. Sorry, this is really bad, but... Yeah, that's all right. You, you carry on. Um, one of the things, obviously, like I said, and we touched on the scene earlier on, is about the sword and the corruption, is when he does have that sword broken and he is free from it, he does actually make the choice, a very different choice than one he was going to make. So he went there with the pure purpose of death to all gods. However... In that moment where his mind was able to be slightly clearer, and I think Jane puts it to him, or, or Thor puts it to him, he actually could ask for his daughter back. He, you know, he could bring her back. He could give her life. Um, and that's the decision he makes. Uh, he is literally his sort of dying wish is to bring her back. Which is, I liked that as well. Like When it got to that scene in it, I was like, wait a minute. Like, you know, like, I wonder... I didn't know what he was going to do, if that makes no. sense. No, I'm with you. Like, genuinely didn't know what he was going to do. And it was like, oh, he could do... He could do so much here. Like, is he going to save... Is he going to save Jane? Well, that was... That was eternity, where... yeah. Managed to reach eternity. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. Ha-ha, it was. Yes. Well done, you're I, a I, hero. Um, I feel better now. <laughs> I, I did kind of look at that and kind of think to myself, oh, he's going to save Jane. What an amazing yeah. kind of... What a what a great story! But then, of course, Jane. It's like he has this moment where he looks to them and he sort of says about you know we would protect your bring her back, and Jane and Thor look at each other like kind of like okay we'll adopt her. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, this is this is crazy. No, like you've just been fighting this guy, um, but at the same time, I I felt like it was a really perfect end. Like if you told her. A story for gore in this movie you had a beginning you had a middle and you had an end you know you literally yeah. followed this this well, I character was surprised actually that gore was a one and done villain oh really i was because he's such a so i didn't know a massive amount of gore, about gore from the comic books no um but the way everyone spoke about this guy um all on social media and everything as soon as it was announced that gore was going to be coming to the mcu yeah, everyone spoke about him being such a big villain and like you know, the God Butcher and all this. Yeah, and I really was. I was like, this guy could be big. Yeah, you know, this could have been a couple of Thor movies, maybe a cameo in something else. He could have been a really big villain. So when it was a one and done, I was like, I was, a, I was surprised um, that a villain of that magnitude was one and done. But at the same yeah. time, like you say, we had the beginning, middle, and end. And it told the full story, and I came out of it like that was brilliant. Like as a a villain story, that was brilliant. What What do you think to the rumors? Uh, I'm not sure confirmed, but the rumors that there were scenes where Gore did kill gods that was cut because they felt it was a bit too dark. Um, I don't know because that is his character. And I also think that realistically, 
the amount of humour in the film, it probably could have balanced it out. Yeah, that's that's kind of where my head is. Is because um there there was this interesting interview about it because uh, we do know that Lena Headey, an actress famous for Game of Thrones, played a character that was killed by gore in the film, but it was completely cut, mm-hmm. so her character is not not ah. in there. But what is interesting, or at least what I found interesting, is is like people took something that Tyker said as kind of like, oh, he hated the scenes, or that's why he cut them. So basically, Tyker got asked, did, um, uh, sorry, Tyker got asked, do you think that you're, you know, the, uh, you'll ever release a director's cut? To which Tyker replied, no, because for me, if something's been cut, it's been cut for a reason, so I, I don't, I don't like director's cuts. Now, that's not Taika saying there were a load of scenes in this film that were crap, I hated them. That's just him saying, no, because I, I, I'm actually, unlike a lot of directors, I'm in charge of the cut. So when you see a cut of the film, that is the one I want to put out, and I think it's the best version of the film. That is but, his version. Unlike um, Zack Snyder needing to release a five-hour yeah, version or something. Yeah. He, now, there, is, there is a rumour, and, and it is strongly a rumour, that the scenes that were cut that were in there were actually cut by Marvel because there were characters that were killed that they want to appear again. So Jeff Goldblum was apparently in the film and killed by Gore. Um, the character, um, I can't think of his name now, who who made uh, Stormbreaker, you know, the giant Oh, dwarf. the giant dwarf, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his character was apparently killed by Gore in this so there was apparently going to be lots more scenes where gore was like hunting his way through the galaxy and thor was being confronted by these people he knew being killed would have given it a lot darker tone that's for sure yeah i think it would have and, and like you're quite right you know there's kind of like a balancing act um where the film had a lot of humor in it and we discussed that early in the show yeah. So having that in there, it would be interesting for me if on Disney Plus we see those scenes, perhaps, you know, as the added scenes, because they do seem to do that, possibly for a Blu-ray release, you don't know. But yeah. it, it'd just be interesting to see if those scenes do ever make their way forward. I'm sure they probably will, uh, mostly because uh, Disney Plus love doing their making of things. Uh, if you're interested, the you know the making of Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness is now live on Disney Plus. It is. Um, so you know you can go and watch that. So there is, you know, I think they call it uh, Marvel Assembled or something like that. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so they're yeah, really so good they are. They are good. They are really good. Um, so yeah, so, so does that. So, but for, like me and you just said, to go back to it, I felt the story for Gore, uh, credible beginning. It told the whole story all the way through and, and a good ending. What did you think to... Because um, I saw a couple of bits of commentary on this as well. Gore kidnaps children yep. to lure Thor uh, because he obviously has his sights on taking Stormbreaker. He needs it for his plan. Yes. Um, what were your thoughts on that kind of arc, that kind of what happened there? Because... Again, there's this weird commentary online about it where people are like, oh, it didn't make sense. But he, he laid a oh. trap and Thor went with it. So, if anything, it worked brilliantly. Yeah. I, I, As a plan, he captures the children, yeah. which makes Thor and everyone go after him. Yeah. He then takes them all into that tomb area 
Yeah. Which, okay, they, they he probably didn't expect Thor to give all the children the power of Thor temporarily. Yeah. Um, um, but as an actual plan, well, it worked perfectly, surely. Okay, he so... He got Thor where he wanted Thor to battle him. He then got Stormbreaker and met entities, so... The, the power of four thing, that seems to be what a lot of people had a problem with. Oh, really? What, what's, what's your take on that? Um, I, I am starting to get the feeling that I went to the cinema and enjoyed a good Marvel film. Yeah. And clearly, according to a lot of people online, I did not look past the enjoying a Marvel film into the little nitty details. Like, there's a that's, lot of things people are seem to have, it, yeah. seem to like this whole oh everyone's had a problem with Thor giving the children his powers temporarily and I'm like but for me watching that that was just a really fun cool scene yeah like the little kid like all of them have picked up any weapon they can get and one's got their teddy yeah and I, I just found it really fun and entertaining and that is what I, think... I went to the cinema and when I go see I think the only film that is in the MCU that I have been to the cinema without the pure of I am just going to enjoy this was Endgame. Because of the pure magnitude of Endgame, I Mm. went to the cinema fully expecting to have an absolute meltdown at the end of the Avengers story. Yeah. Every other film I've been to, I go because I enjoy the MCU. I'm a big fan of the MCU, so I go to enjoy a movie. I think to to balance that, to, to just sort of give a kind of devil's advocate view, mm. I think what a lot of people are trying to get at is the kind of thing is like decisions are being made in the movies in Phase 4 and, and to a certain extent the TV shows, which don't, which kind of bring into question like, well, hang on a minute, why, you know, like one of the things that made me laugh in the Eternals movie was they actually hung a lantern on the thing that everyone was thinking, which is like, you lot are so bloody powerful. Where were you when Thanos showed up? You yeah. know, they, they address that in the film. Now, that has been like a kind of a question that has been in our heads when we've talked about new projects. Like, okay, well, you've been around this whole time. Where were you when this happened? Why weren't you helping with this? So yeah. they're gradually addressing it. We're seeing these things happen. Now, in this film, for example, we've touched on the kind of what I felt was a joke too far um we we've like the Thanos situation because it just done that didn't sit right. It felt like a kind of a, a poking fun at the MCU, not part of the MCU. Yeah. But if Thor had the ability to do that, where he could just turn around to a group of people and go, Right, you've all got my powers when he landed in Wakanda, he could have turned every Wakandan soldier into Thor. Which would have been awesome. Would have been awesome, <laughs> but but if like he had the ability to do it, why 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 now? Mm. When, when and don't get me wrong I know you could look at it and go well the stakes are different things, but it just kind of like if you've got an army of thousands you know the the final battle of Endgame Thor yeah. would have just turned around to everyone who came through a portal and go right you've all now got the power of Thor boom yeah it doesn't and it's stuff like that that people look at and go well that doesn't make sense because literally if you think about it you know if you've got the ability to do that and then you you choose to use kids in that example when in the past you've had literally an army which would have really benefited from that. You know, you'd have kicked Thanos' yeah. ass in 30 seconds. Agreed, So, yeah. So it's stuff like that that people are picking up. And it's not... 
uh, like uh, some people are just complaining because they like to complain, but there are mm-hmm. some who are just like, oh, it's really taking me out of things at the moment. And I think it's a legitimate thing. I, 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 I feel anyway that it's kind of like, I enjoyed this film, really enjoyed it, start to finish. But there are those little things where I, I do agree. I do think it's like, well, hang on, if you're just going to throw that in there now, how does that tie into everything else that's come before? I just said a minute ago, jokingly, and I hadn't even thought about it before, but, you know, this nowhere, uh, sorry, not nowhere, <clears throat> uh, eternity. Mm-hmm. Why the hell didn't Thanos just go there? If Gore managed to do it. Yeah. Thanos certainly would have been able to. Um, hello, uh, <laughs> hello, Eternity. I would like you to wipe out half of all living things across the universe. Done. All right, brilliant. I don't need to go hunting stones. I don't need to fight Avengers. I've just been there and done it. Yeah. And you're kind of like, well, if Gore knew, who was literally just a peasant who picked up a sword, then Thanos surely would have known about this. And and you're just left with this kind of like, it doesn't... Why... <laughs> They they just keep popping up questions. I mean, me and you have touched on it before. Yeah. How many MCU shows are just going to ignore the fact there's a giant freaking alien rock thing come popping out of the earth in Eternals? Yeah. I, what? I feel like Eternals is just being ignored. Uh, but it's not though. There's a sequel planned. Yeah. It's and it's it a strange, is. It's a very strange situation that's happening with that. But but this this is my point. It's stuff like that. That uh, don't get me wrong, really enjoyed the film. But you, when you do the cold light of day, you're kind of like that. That's it. Doesn't feel. It's a few people have said it doesn't of, feel connected anymore. Yeah, it's the equivalent of the blip happening, but yeah. then no one mentioning it. Yeah. All these people disappeared for five years. They've yeah. all come back, and no one is going to mention the facts. That yeah. Five years is fast. Whereas that has been something I felt in Phase Four. They've done very well. Yeah. I felt like the. The impact we've seen in lots of different ways from being family impacts to being larger scale governmental stuff. I felt really like, oh, wow. And, you know, seeing that scene in Hawkeye when you actually see, uh, you know, her disappear yep. and then reappear. And, like the, and for her, it's like a blink of an eye, but it's five years. So we're kind of, we've seen, really seen the blip, but yet that happened and everyone's just kind of ignored it. I mean, me and you joked about, you know, that would have been tsunamis. Oh, gosh, yeah. Countless people would have died, you know, and it's just been ignored. We don't know what happened there. Like, there's no reference to it at all. And this is where the criticism is starting to build. And when we just bring it back to this film, that's where I think that is. You know, like you you said, you went, you just laughed and enjoyed the film, and I'm the same. I loved it all the way through. But I do think there's some little things that are quite valid. Yeah, no, fair enough. I get, I get what you're saying completely. And um, I wonder, I, I wonder how much that is actually thought of in the kind of the writing of the films and stuff. How much they yeah. do kind of. Do you reckon there's someone in the back of the room going, guys, just, just quickly? Yeah. What about that that happened in that film? And now we're doing this. Do you reckon that kind of happens in those rooms? Or do you think it's just well, a case I, of... This see, is going to be thing awesome, is, go with it. With the MCU and the sheer amount of projects that are happening now, I kind of feel like that isn't happening now. It kind of feels like, at one point, Kevin Feige would have seen all scripts. Do you know what I mean? And all, yeah. 
and his team would have looked over everything, oh no, you can't say that because that wouldn't happen because of this. Oh, you know, this needs to change because this character will be appearing. And although I'm sure some of that is still happening, if you've got a team of, say, five people doing that, and you've been putting out two to three films a year, and now your target is two to three films plus five series, oh, and it's yes. the same team, it's, stuff's going to happen. And there's a lot of stuff about visual effects, and there's a lot of stories about visual effects demands from Marvel now. It's like you're paying the same amount of people the same amount of money and giving them like five times the work. And there's a, there are a lot of stories about visual effects companies actually refusing to work with Marvel Studios now. Blimey. Which which is an in, you know it's a really interesting kind of subplot. Anyone Google it, it's, there's a lot of really interesting stories about that. Yeah. Now it would appear that that is kind of where they're at. Like, okay, same budget, but, you know, add more content. And if you've got a team and your job is make sure everything coordinates, it would kind of make sense that the feeling of the ball's been dropped a little bit. And, I mean, that's how it feels from the outside anyway. It kind of feels like Tyker's written this film, Tyker's put it together, he's run it past someone, he's going, yeah, that looks good. But that person's also looking at four episodes of Moon Knight, two of Miss Marvel in the same day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean that that it, like I said, I don't want to be overly critical. I just feel like that it was worth mentioning that I think some of the critique is valid when you when you compare it to everything before. Everything felt connected, and even like you'd watch a film and something had happened, and three films later you'd be like, "Oh wow, they mentioned that then," you know? Yeah. Now it's not. It's really not there. So yeah, that's that's kind of thing. The the next thing I want to talk about in this was the Guardians of the Galaxy, who play a short but kind of funny cameo role in this film. Yeah, did, going into did, it, I expected a lot more Guardians of the Galaxy for and Thor kind of team ups. Yeah. Um, I understand the way the movie goes. I understand it wouldn't have worked, but yeah. I think from. The original kind of thought of, we know he's gone off with the Guardians, they're definitely going to be in the next uh, Thor film. I was like, yeah. this is going to be like a, a crossover movie, lots yeah. of things happening together, they're going to play a big part in the film, it's going to be great. Yeah. But actually they get like 10-15 minutes at the beginning and that's it, and I was like, oh. Well, what is interesting, again, and these are, and these are little subplots which are going on in Marvel Studios, apparently James Gunn put a stop to their involvement. Because so, of the third. Yeah, so apparently film. there was more planned. There was going to be a greater involvement. However, James Gunn has kind of the say when it comes to the Guardians, and they cut everything back to just basically a cameo at the start of the film. Yeah. Um. Now, again, interesting subplot. Uh, people can find this online. James Gunn, in an interview has said when he wrote Guardians 3, he didn't care about the rest of the MCU. He just wanted to finish his trilogy. Yeah. And people said, oh, does it connect? And he's like, I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's an interest. It, <laughs> there's a lot of real, like I said, subplots and stuff going on right now, which feels kind of weird. But I understand as well, at the same time, kind of like he has put everything into the Guardians of the Galaxy. That oh, yeah, and they treated baby. him like crap, by the way. Is his baby, and he wants to finish his story. Yeah. Completely understand that. Yeah. Um, if them being in this Thor movie meant that it diluted 
what he wants to tell in his story, I yeah. completely understand why you'd be like, no, no, they're mine. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Um, the, the, the scenes were hilarious, though. So basically, they've obviously been out doing Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, trying to save people, doing good deeds. Thor's been a part of that. And it would appear that Thor, with his mojo back, has been somewhat arrogant in in the way he is. This scene on this planet where they're trying to overthrow this force that have taken over this, like, ancestral building. This building that means the world to them is like their their mecca, and Thor destroys it. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I have saved you all. Yeah, and and he does it in his like great performance. But the thing, the few things I find funny with it is the Guardians are basically look like they're sick to death of him, which is kind of hilarious, really. Um, I I don't know whether that's just a kind of uh, a way of making it nice and simple for them to leave early on, or or what. But it just kind of got the impression that he's he's been doing their head in. Guys, uh, the galaxy do ninety percent of the work. He turns up, finishes it, and takes and all takes, the credit. Yeah, yeah. Now he is awarded for his marvelous work by these people, and he's awarded with two giant intergalactic goats. I feel like he is given those goats because they do not want them. It is definitely like the wooden right. spoon prize. You know? The noise from these goats ah! is hilarious. Yeah, it is freaking hilarious. Um, and the goats become a big part of the film. Um, you, I think you said to me one of your laugh out loud moments was the goats slamming into the planet. Yes. Yeah. 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 Same. Ah! Oh, bang! Ah! <laughs> yeah. Loved it. Oh, just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so like you said, the Guardians are very short and sweet, but they're kind of the main duo, if you like. The kind of the main focus for the film is obviously Thor and Korg. Yep. Um, my bullet points are basically they're now absolutely cemented as best friends, and it's very funny. I would be very, very curious to know just how many lines between the two were ad-libbed. Uh, you know, like Taika and Chris just... Ba- I mean, they've become such good friends and they bounce off of each other. Yes. You can almost picture a lot of the little one-liners just being completely <laughs> them two trying things. Yeah. Um, what did you... There's a cameo in this film which was interesting to me because when Taika took over, he basically, to a lot of people, shat on the four films that had come before. Mm-hmm. by quite literally killing off the characters from it. Like, okay, I didn't like this, bang, you're all dead. One of the characters that wasn't killed off or not seen was Lady Sif. Yes. What did you think to her cameo in this film? I mean, I was just happy to see Lady Sif back. Uh, agreed. Um, she is such a great character, like the warrior woman of yeah. just awesomeness. She's proper badass. Yeah, her last cameo, of course, was in the series of Loki. Yep. where she does a time loop scene where she just beats the crap out of him constantly, which, uh, funny behind-the-scenes thing, is the character, she had to do it something like 15 times so they could get slight variations in what he was doing. Yeah, She said, so basically I got to walk in and knee Tom Hiddleston in the Nards 15 times. It has been, I've had worse days. Yes. <laughs> She's brilliant. And obviously <clears throat> she was one of the ones that went on to um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. 
Yeah, she, she appeared did. in there. So she's a character I really enjoy having around. Yeah, same. So kind of to have her to what I thought was going to be her death kind of straight away, I was like, oh no. Yeah. No, but no, I really enjoyed having her back in the film. I'm what glad you, she was around. Did you laugh at the your arm is in Valhalla? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I mean, I, I do just want to say that Taika really made fun of those characters, though, from the first two films. I mean, there's a montage in this where Korg literally refers to him, them, and the other guy. Yeah. And it's like, they were big parts of like Thor in like one and two. Yes. Um, but again, and again, do you want to play into this about Thor? They were a big part of his life. They were his band of brothers, and they were all killed. Yeah. So again, you know, you're talking about you know his best friend Heimdall. All of his friends were killed. Like Sif was the last one, <laughs> and he finds her like her arm gone on this planet. So, um, the, the next scene, which I think is well worth kind of just focusing on for Thor is when he sees Jane again for the first time but his reaction to Jane is one thing his reaction to his hammer is something that in this film cracked me up the the scenes with Stormbreaker basically feeling jealous because of the way Thor was being over Munyar yes just appearing Mate, constantly just like so that. so funny it, it was very much like the new girlfriend and the ex-girlfriend. Yeah. There oh. you are. <laughs> yeah, our ex-girlfriend's got a new haircut. She looks nice. Oh, hello, darling. Hi. Yeah. Just, yeah. It was just so funny. And, uh, but again, like, it just made me laugh. And it was, I mean, it's stupid, <laughs> really. But it made me laugh. Um... The, the Like, I mean, I've sort of gone through this. Uh, the, what did you think? <laughs> again... The whole, the, the kind of the hall of the gods, Zeus and everything, they, they take the goats and they head there to try and create a task force, an army of the gods to go and kill Gore, to yeah. stop Gore. What did you think of the, because there are several aspects of this. One, I thought his accent was deliberately over the top, only for me to be told by several Greek people, no, that was actually pretty good, which blew my mind oh really because i thought his accent was awful well th- this but is I the thing it was like, purposely awful i thought it was purposely over the top i thought he was dialing it up to 11 very hammy and then i get told by several people like no that was actually pretty good and i'm like oh really and they're like no no yeah yeah that, that was actually pretty good so i i've had to kind of retreat into my Okay, damn! I feel I feel kind of bad. I've I've been laughing at that, <laughs> and it was oops. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, um, to have Zeus, the character himself, as portrayed the way he did, yeah, it it's something like if you had to tell me what would I think Zeus would be like, fairly uh, on point, I reckon. Oh, really? All all grapes and orgies? Yeah, pretty much. Considering like Zeus was the god of the gods, sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah, like for me, what are my main my main thoughts when it comes to Zeus is the film Hercules by Disney. Obviously, great film. Obviously. Um but There weren't many orgies in that. No, memory. not particularly many. I think there was one when mm. Herc was born, I don't know. There was a big party yeah, yeah, of some yeah. sort. Yeah. Um But yeah, I, I kind of expected that from Zeus. Yeah. The kind of no, so you know, this is our land, we're safe here. 
why would we lose our party lifestyle and get involved in your stuff? No. Yeah. So that was cool. Seeing Thor shooting through the heart with his own thunderbolt. That, that was, was the, that was the next thing I was going to come on to. Yeah, that was unexpected. They get into this fight, and I mean, I've written down Zeus kills Korg, which My, like, I was like, was oh no, that was I was like devastated, and then Thor, in complete retaliation, fires that fruit, and I thought Zeus was dead. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, this is that, that just escalated so fast. Oh yes. Uh, but Korg is okay. Because, you know, he's a pile of rocks. Um, Turns out the only thing that worries is his mouth. So, uh, yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah so uh, Valkyrie, like, straps his face basically onto, like, her back. Um, oh, it's like the back carry. of her head is amazing, like, wearing, like, a mask. Which was so cool. kind of kind of funny. Um, and also added some great comedy to, to the scenes. Um, obviously, we do get a another credit scene where we learn that Zeus is not dead. Mm. So, let's just touch on this. Uh, because there's two aspects of this. One, Zeus isn't dead, so yep. damn, he's very durable. But then again, he is the god of the gods, so yep. that makes sense. But he does have a son, of course. He's here, he's um, there, he's everywhere. Hercules! Hercules! <laughs> now, yep. I would never if have you get that, that reference, guy. If you get that reference, listeners, you yeah. are all legends. You're awesome. Yeah. Now, if I would never have cast that guy... Like, that would never have come to my Didn't mind. Didn't even cross my... We're sat here going, well, it's got to be, you know, it, it could be Zac Efron, it could be... Henry um, Cavill. Taron Egerton. Yeah. All those sort of people we're talking about, yeah. And then, and then like, I saw him, and I'm what? like, oh, wow, that's going to be so good. It's like, if what you... a perfect casting. He, yeah, that guy is going to be so good. There's actually a very funny story as well about him. So basically, he got cast, filmed it, and didn't tell anyone. And his parents are fans of the MCU, and so he didn't tell his parents, but he paid for them to go to the premiere to watch. So they've gone, and he, his mum is messaging him through the film. Like, oh, this is really good, this is really good. When he gets to the end credit, she's messaged him and said, oh, Zeus is back. To the point he's had to go look at the freaking screen, mother. He didn't <laughs> say freaking, I'd like to point out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's like, he's literally his mum's busy texting him would have missed his cameo if he hadn't have been like, look back at the screen. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that would have been hilarious. I mean, number one, it? don't use your phone in the cinema. That's your first rule. But, but don't you think but, how funny yeah. it would have been if they got up and left before the after credits? Oh, sorry, son, we needed to get her to the toilets. Why? Was there something important? <laughs> you go mental and you you just lose it but yeah so they got to see their their boy um in a after credit scene from marvel which i i can only imagine would have just been amazing for me as well the fact that the fact that hercules has been introduced now in the comic books zeus and hercules best friends uh thor uh thor sorry yeah who did i say zeus zeus no sorry yep hercules and thor best friends in the comic books yeah so when we're casting Hercules, we're casting him as what character would work really well with Chris Hemsworth as best yeah. friends of that. What we didn't do is think to ourselves, oh, he could be brought in as the guy to go and take down yeah. Thor. In which case, who would you cast him as? Yeah. Even then, I don't think I would have put Brett Goldstein as the guy to do it. However, no, having seen him on the screen, great. Like, yeah. yes. Yeah, no, it just works. And the guy, 
if he uses his voice from from Ted Lasso, all right, you know, yeah, it's going to be great. I, I really, yes. yeah, I, I really am looking forward to seeing what they do with that. Um, of course, the funny thing, another funny thing as well, is Taika Waititi and Chris Hemsworth went to watch the the uh, premiere, obviously, uh, when it came out. The title card at the end says Thor will return. Yes. They didn't put it in there. Marvel did. And apparently <laughs> both of them in the cinema went, really? And looked at each other and were like, oh, 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 okay then. So, uh, which I find funny because like Chris Hemsworth has said like, oh, I'm happy to do these films. He said, but I'm not under any contract now. Like, I, you know, if they ring me up and say, hey, we want you to appear in this. And I'm like, yeah, I love this character. Of course I will. He yeah. said, but I'm not currently under any kind of multi-film deal. Or multi-appearance deal, which is the way they do it. Like, okay, three features plus you're going to be like cameos and stuff. So that was kind of interesting to me because his he said like his reaction was genuinely like, oh, you know, maybe I'm done. You know, they've not signed me up to a new deal. They've just finished this film, and then Thor will return. I'm like, will he? Will I? No one, anyone said anything to anyone? (laughs) And Taika was as surprised as he was, which I love. I love the fact the pair of them are just bluntly honest about it as well with this kind of like oh well maybe we'll get another crack <laughs> who yeah. knows um but yeah so so just to kind of finish it so Korg is okay uh and you know slowly rebuilding himself over holds time. hands with another man over a yeah. volcano and that's how baby Korgs are born um makes me realize <laughs> that he talks about his mother I'm sure mm. he talks about his mum at one point. Yeah. But they talk yeah. about all the men hold hands over it. And I'm yeah. like, I'm confused a little bit. Well, that's, that's another. So in Thor Ragnarok, he definitely says my mum's new boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And in this, he says his species are all male. So. So yeah. unless he just has a very feminine version of a dad. No, I, I, I hate to say it. I think it's an oversight. I, I think, again, is this like another example of people quite rightly being able to say what um it may it made me laugh uh that they called the partner for Korg Dwayne Dwayne the uh, rock yeah man. <laughs> the rock yeah man. Dwayne yeah. the rock man I mean that was such a subtle stupid joke which made me laugh yeah. um but what so let's just focus in on the end of the film then so I didn't pick up why the film was called Love and Thunder until Korg's narration literally told me. Yeah, I am guilty for that. Yeah. <laughs> Felt like and, a freaking idiot. Yeah. And I'm kind of delighted because I felt re- like it put a massive smile on my face at the end of the film to go, oh, that's, you know, because Love and Thunder, I'm thinking it's all about a love story with Jane. Yeah, I'm thinking it's all about that. It's all about you know she's become Thor herself, Thunder. It's about their love, and that's my head. That's why the title of the film. And even when she's gone, and I'm like, you know, that was the reason for it. And then we find out that Gore's daughter was actually called Love. That was her name. So they called themselves Love and Thunder. And I was so like, they are Dora. they are a team. Yeah. And they are love and thunder, and it was it, like I just it, it was like I said I ended the film with a massive smile on my face. Uh, the part of love, of course, is played by Chris Hemsworth's real life daughter, 
And um, didn't his son play the boy Thor in the little montage yeah. at the beginning? Yeah. So yeah, both, yeah. like, two of his kids are in it. That's awesome. Yeah, a bit of nepotism there. A bit of nepotism, but yeah, it's, it's what it is. But it, it, it was great. I mean, a, a lot of the production people, apparently as well, another little fun fact, the shadow monsters were all designed by the kids. So they were told to sit down and draw monsters of all shapes and sizes, and they sent it to the art department and said, make them. That's cool. Yeah, that's Tiger for you. you know, yeah. to, to How to spend terrorize hours. the children. Make draw them draw us their your own monsters. worst nightmare of a monster. Yeah. We're going to make it in CGI. <laughs> yeah. Kind of fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad that it's just like a silly thing. But um, overall, and I've said this to you, I really enjoyed the film. There is so much in it that's just fun. Yeah. And you like you can watch this film from start to finish and kind of, even with the darker gore parts, you're still kind of smiling. Yeah. For me. Yeah, no there was enough... I say, like, people complain, oh, it's too much comedy in it. No, I I went, I enjoyed the movie. I loved the start to finish. Um, I didn't overthink any of it. I just sat in a theatre and enjoyed a Marvel film. And for me, that's, yeah. what, that's what I watch them for. Yeah. So, for me, it definitely ticks the box. I mean, IMDb has got 145,000 reviews. Yeah. And puts it at, like, a 6.8... Which for wow. me is mental because I really enjoy it. Would I give it a nine or a ten? Probably not, but it no. would definitely be in the high sevens, if not in the eights, because I went well, and I enjoyed it. Well, it, this this is where the thing is, and as like I said, and I, and I don't want to dwell on it. I do think that this is where the problem is, which is people have genuinely got a little bit irked that they. It's not so much they're mad at the film. They're kind of mad at the MCU at the moment because they feel like they're dropping the ball over certain things. Like, we've talked through this film that we've really enjoyed, but we have pointed out several things that we've gone, yeah, that doesn't really work, you know? Yeah. And and if you've got a more critical mind, like, so, for example, me and you went in there with the view, we're going to love this. Yeah. If you went into it with a view of kind of even just like a neutral view, you know, like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this or not, and you come out just like oh it didn't it didn't make sense it didn't you can actually I, I think from our point of view although we both enjoyed it we can look at that and go okay we do understand that point some people are moaning for moaning's sake I think I don't know uh, I've made enough enemies with studios and stuff I'm just sitting here going I loved it yeah that's I'm, true actually I yeah. have made this is your turn this is your turn to critique yeah. me I am staying pure positive uh, I don't okay. want to fall out with anyone else yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's I can't not... say anything anymore because people no. start attacking. People don't like. Yeah, me. yeah, that's that's. I'm that's a lovely not... person, really honest. Let's, let's not mention. Let's let's move on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, that that's it. That's that's the end. I I think we've covered everything, and I've really enjoyed going over it. Yes. Um, I'd love to know what people think. Uh, get in touch with us. Uh, you can email. You can message via any of our social media platforms. Let us know what you thought of the film, whether there were bits and pieces you picked up. Maybe you've only thought of it now we've mentioned it. Which again, you know, don't let that enjoy don't let that ruin your enjoyment. It certainly hasn't me. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that there are questions in this which some people have pointed out that are worth asking. Uh but yeah, uh loved it. Um would be happy to see them continue this style and story. Yeah. I'd personally like to see Thor appear again. I'd like to see him kind of start to face probably because he's having to look after somebody now perhaps face up to his kind of 
I, I think you could play a really interesting part with this where everyone who's ever loved and been around him has died. Can you imagine his kind of overprotectiveness of love now? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, could you imagine what's going to be on his mind <laughs> with, oh, yeah. with, you know, and you could really kind of tap into that in, in a serious way, but also in a way which would still be entertaining. I think you could do that and it would be really great. So I'd love to see what they do next. There is a rumour at the moment that uh, there is potentially a cameo from Hemsworth in Loki Season 2. Now, the rumour exists because the two of them were seen together. But, of course, if they're friends, they possibly were just seen together because they met up. Like, Loki's filming in London, Hemsworth's in London, they might have just met up. But there's a few pictures of the two of them together, and so people have gone, ooh, it could be. It's it's not suspicious, but Thor is dressed as Thor. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Uh, Now, they could just be going for lunch, but... He is is carrying a hammer. (laughs) He is taking Stormbreaker with him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But anyway, a big thank you to everybody for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We will be back really soon. There's so much content coming. Keep an eye on our Facebook page. we got shows coming about the latest Star Wars series and or the next uh, MCU project on Disney+, Plus, She-Hulk. Um, Lord of the Rings series is coming really soon on Amazon Prime. Uh, I'm possibly going to be discussing the Game of Thrones House of the Dragon if I can find someone who will talk to me about it. I may do that. I may still do it. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, don't do me any favours. <laughs> anyway, big thank you to everybody for listening. We'll be back really soon. We out. Thank you for listening to the Stuff and Things podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can find us on Facebook or online. Simply search the Stuff and Things podcast to join in our conversation every week.